0: It's called punch drunk.
1: The punches weren't really necessary. They were super
0: necessary. Episode 87 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favourite combat sports podcast, hosted by two dudes who can't fight and no way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and I'm joined, as always, by Adam.
1: What's going on, man? Good to see you. Hey, good to see you too. Uh, Fresh off a London card, not quite the vibes uh, we've had after the last few London cards, eh?
0: Yeah, this this one just didn't quite hit the levels. I mean, for the first time... And I, I heard this on, actually on the, on the Fight Disciples pod. apparently it's the first time in 10 years that a UFC event that's come to the UK has not sold out, which is should send alarm bells flying around UFC uh, headquarters in terms of uh, ticketing and things like that. They completely missed the mark with the quality of the card, which ended up being quite, you know, it was okay, um, but also the, the pricing. And I think the pricing kept away a load of, true hardcore mma fans who i always just get the feeling that it's just your your guy who wants to be there for the main event the people are going out on the lads weekend kind of thing don't care about the ticket price because you know the people who generally earn more money are probably you know white collar working finance like these kind of people and they don't bring the atmosphere the same way that the hardcore fans do like exactly exactly like me just you know just a absolute filthy fucking casual fucking casual yeah (laughs) (laughs) so the atmosphere was definitely flat and i think it took all the way up to paul craig to really light fire now paul craig brings fans with him from all over the place he's a extremely popular fighter and scotland should be proud of the representation that they brought chris duncan got a huge roar and then obviously paul craig absolutely dominated as well and they firmly with the with the level of talent that scotland's got right now and, and other uk fighters Scotland has firmly put their their from their hat in the mix to get a UFC event in a year's time from now. Because after the event, it was confirmed they said, "Yeah, we're going to come back to the UK." And then when they say the UK, they mean UK and Ireland next year. March will be London, but they're looking at secondary locations now, either in the UK or in Dublin for the 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 second event over over that neck of the woods. Which makes sense. It it, it, it flopped hard. It's difficult to ask people to pony up, you know, just four months apart, hundreds of pounds for a ticket, which are overpriced anyway. Uh, But So, you know, it sucked for the fighters. It wasn't even close to a sellout. Sections were shuttered off. They were giving free tickets away at one point. The prices were dramatically reduced on fight night and still people weren't getting on down there, which tells you everything you need to know. And as a result, I mean, on TV, you could tell the atmosphere was just not there. It was flat. People on Twitter were going, what's happened to the London atmosphere? Now, the results of the British fighters definitely contributed to that. You know, uh, Davy Grant getting robbed, um, Jay Herbert losing, Molly, Molly getting tapped and uh, you know, look looking quite quite poor in the co-main event, in what was already a weak co co main event against a very uh average Tibet at best fighter making her debut at 125 pounds. That just completely sapped the oxygen out of the venue. And then Tom Aspinall came in and did his thing and it was all said and done. It was a, it was a really weird card. There were some isolated, very good performances. There were some boring decisions in there. And overall, like this was a, I would say like a five out of 10 London event. Whereas we've been used to seeing those seven, eight, even nine out of 10 back in March, 2022, which was, which was really, really special. So yeah, a bit of a letdown really.
1: Yeah, they probably been pretty spoilt too, the the London crowd, with like yep. the amount of events probably is one, but also the quality of the early ones. Um, yep. You know, timing is everything in the UFC, and this one was just sort of poor timing for, for their roster. Uh, Aspinall and Molly are a draw, just probably not quite um, at the positions on the card they were in. Aspinall probably is deserving of a main event if you're like a hardcore fan, but for the casuals, they're not going to – um, not yet. They probably yeah. will now. <laughs> They'll understand how good he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, he main evented the last two fight nights in London as well. But he also had Paddy the Baddy on the card, and Paddy's yeah, yeah. mainstream selling power is it is much much higher. But for sure, I think Aspinall's performance now and just his personality has changed. Man, you watch him from last year to now, pre and post in the injury, he's changed very very uh, massively. He's now talking about wanting to fight John Jones and calling his shot and saying this is what he wants to do whereas he was just sort of content chugging along in his career thinking I'll eventually get there and it seems maybe he's the the injury has given him a, well it has given him a ton of time to reflect maybe he's realized that careers are short one bad injury can change it all and he really needs to become the master of his own destiny and holy shit let's move on to the main event he certainly did that everyone expected him to win I, you know, we've talked at length many a time about how highly I rate Tom Aspel, and I know you do too, but he's never looked better, never looked better than he did against Marcin Tybura. It's very easy to dismiss Marcin and go, yeah, well, he's not a top guy. Okay. He's not an elite heavyweight, but the first kick that Tom landed was like, oh, he, he was like, oh, I don't want any of this business whatsoever. And it was, I mean, it was a, it was a flawless performance. It was absolutely unbelievable.
1: Have you seen the videos going around of when uh, they do the glove touch for the Aspinall fight? Have you seen, like, the theories behind that yet?
0: Where he puts his hand on his shoulder?
1: Yeah, yeah, and everyone's saying well, like, that he's, like, measuring the reach before the fight, and then that's why oh, his wow. strikes uh, were so accurate straight away. Which that's is, that's I love super that theory. interesting. could be absolutely love just that. pathetic bullshit, but who doesn't love, I that, love theory? that
0: theory? I love that I love that theory. My my theory and him and him and Marcin are actually, you know, I wouldn't say they're best friends, but they're they're quite close. And he actually said uh, on the TNT sports pre-like post-Wayne show, he said, This is the this is the opponent I like the most. We've got a personal relationship. I respect him greatly. He's a really good guy. I think Tom Aspinall has got Polish in his family as well. In the build-up, they were doing a, a photo op outside the O2 and they're having a little conversation in Polish. And I was like, wait, Tom Aspinall speaks Polish. Uh, so it was, it was, it was quite cool. And I honestly, my theory is he was putting his hands on his shoulder and it was kind of like, sorry, mate, I don't want to, I don't want to do this to you, but I have to do this to you. It's you or me and I'm going to fuck you up. And he did, he did in a big way. And once he landed that kick, he knew right away that like his power was so superior to Tabora's. and then the, 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 the hand speed, can you, I can't remember another true heavyweight that had hand speed that fast. I mean, maybe you go back and go, maybe prime Randy Couture, but even Randy Couture at heavyweight was was much slower at that point. Like, I don't I can't remember any UFC heavyweight that has hand speed that fast. It's it's mad. Yeah. It's and that, that's why we both
1: have been on him for so long. He's got like a unique set of skills and it kinda seemed like before the knee injury that he was gonna be like a a new generation of heavyweight fighters. You know, you've seen the athleticism kind of from the bottom up just get better and better in every weight division. And now it's like, all right, yes. it's, hitting, it's hitting the heavyweights now. And he was like, seemed to be the first guy that's uh, going to do that. And I think he kind of just showed that, yeah, he probably is going to be that guy.
0: Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And by all reports as well, like, all of his training before the knee injury was constantly limited by rehabbing the knee, managing the knee, because he knew at some point it was going to go. It just happened to go at the worst possible time in the, in the main event of a sold out O2 Arena in the first round. So that sucked for him, but it's it's also, I guess, coming. To, he's been able to really, um, you know, as I said, come out of his shell, reflect. And also trained other aspects of his game. He said he's so much, he looks physically stronger as well. He's he looks like he's a bit denser. He's leaner. He's faster. Just all he's just he's just Tom Aspinall 2.0. Um whichever whichever it's Cirigliano or, or if it's uh, if it's Sergey Spivak. I mean, he's already run through Spivak, but he's dusted himself off and put together a good winning streak. He said he's going to go to Paris, sit cage side, and he wants the winner. Or he'll, he'll happily go to New York and fight Pavlovich on the undercard uh, of Jones versus. Um, Stipe as well. Whatever happens, like he'll run through Cyril Garn because Garn has got zero defense. And people don't realize Tom Aspinall is a high, high level jiu-jitsu guy. He's been in a gi since he was his kid. His dad was the first ever black belt in in Britain in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like he comes from he comes from good stock. And the gym he works with is just you know the the, the crew he's got up there. He's got Phil DeFries, who was formerly in the UFC. He's on like a ten title defense winning streak in KSW. People don't know KSW, that's a Polish promotion, and they don't drug test in KSW. And the monsters that he fights at heavyweight over there are insane. You'll know KSW, you'll see highlights. That's the organization that lets fighters spray paint advertisements on their back as part of, as you know, just... Absolutely mad shit, and then Mick Parkin as well. Mick Parkin made his debut on this card against Jamal Pogue and looked to look to look to cut above. And you know he's 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 another like young guy coming through, training with Phil DeFries, training with Tommy Aspinall, and yeah, man, the truth. I think there's only one actual outcome, uh, which which is which is going to be that Tom Aspinall will fight or will be the only name that John Jones has got left to conquer. Whether John Jones sticks around to do it. Depends on how much noise Tom Aspinall makes and how quickly he dispatches with Cyril Garn or Sergei Pavlovich, whoever whoever he gets next.
1: Yeah, I, I can't wait. Pavlovich is a terrifying fight for anyone and it's just such a good uh, measure at where he's at, you know. If he puts <laughs> him away easily, well then fuck. It's just like, give him Jones. Um, yeah. And then Cyril Gant is a, a cool matchup as well. I think he's probably just a more skilled version of Cyril anyway, but it uh, will be a great fight for sure.
0: Yeah. I think from a te- technical kickboxing perspective, Cyril's the, the the better kickboxer. That's no question. Yeah, but the but, ground. But, but, but Tom, yeah, the, the ground is like night and day and, and, and Tom's got fast <clears throat> faster hands than him as well. I think he punches harder than Cyril. Cyril for... All of his talent isn't isn't like smoking dudes. He's a he's he's, at, he's a bit more of a point style kickboxer in the heavyweight division rather than a true knockout artist as well, which is which is pretty interesting. So yeah, I think Tom handles Cyril. I think he handles Sergey. I do think he beats. Uh, oh, it's two sergeys It's Sergey Spivak and, and Sergey Pavlovich. He beats the Sergey brothers, and um, yeah, I, he's got he's got to show the, the 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 best thing he can do. Is make sure he's there at Madison Square Garden when John Jones fights Stipe Miochich. Be there, make himself known, and call him out. Get in front of every microphone, get in front of every TV camera, get on social media, and make that fight happen.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think him fighting John Jones fighting Stipe is just like a, adding another notch to the belt. But like, you know, you're not fighting Stipe from seven years ago.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, you know, and that's everyone's. It. Everyone's like, everyone's just. You, that's what I mean. You've got to do enough to entice Jones to stay for one more big payday. We know he's not going anywhere else. He signed that massive contract extension that was purely from the UFC to keep him under wraps. So, yeah, you've got to do enough to make it entertaining and, and appetizing for Jon Jones. And you maybe you got to think outside the box. Maybe you say to Jon Jones, "Come over and we'll do it in Wembley Stadium, and we'll give you a cut of the gate, and you can earn forty million dollars." Uh, for, for for something obscene, something like that, something really crazy. I don't know. I don't know how how they manage it, but they need. They could do something special. John Jones versus Aspinall could be a monstrous. Do you, do you really think
1: John Jones would take that fight, even if he give him all the money in the world? I think he wants to stay the goat and undefeated more than he wants because yeah, he's going to get this, paid good this, no matter who he fights. It's just like he yeah, want no, that extra I, twenty I, mil I, I, and, and a loss. I, I, I,
0: I, I certainly don't think he uh, comes over to England to take that fight. He'd be like, "You, you got to come into my, to my, to my backyard." But let's do it in a stadium. Let's do it in Dallas, Dallas uh, Cowboy Stadium. Let's do it in Raider right, Stadium. I, I don't know. Yeah, Raider Stadium, Allegiant Stadium in Vegas would be perfect. Like, let's make this a big event. Big boys, big event, huge. Let's uh, let's make it happen. Uh, so yeah, really, Tom Aspinall was the ice, you know, really a, the high of the high for for. for MM English MMA fans uh, this weekend. And unfortunately, the co-main event, Molly McCann, hit loads of lows. And Julia Stolyarenko was supposed to be a bit of a layup. I know stylistically it was going to be always going to be tough in terms of Mo- Molly's got that hole in a game, Jiu-Jitsu. There was one thing she had to avoid, which is the fucking armbar, and she she couldn't do it. And hey, she's now decided she's moving down to 115 pounds, which you know makes sense. She's she's really small, she should have done that. She probably should have done that a while ago. Um, but she probably should have waited to announce it a bit because she's, she was going on about, oh, the size difference, the size difference. Yeah, we get it, but it doesn't matter how big Yulia Stolioreko was. She's just a much better grappler than you are. And the fact that you couldn't avoid the takedown and keep it on the feet shows you've got a gaping hole in the game. It proves she's never even going to sniff top five rankings in whatever division, but she's making money. She's a fun fighter. She's still a draw, but the UFC has to be really... Really careful with Molly McCann now because three losses on the spin, especially combined with a weight class move, she's done. Her, draw, her star power is gone. She comes back. She knocks someone out at 115 pounds, which her power, if it translates, she will because she's probably going to be stronger and bigger. So it's they have to give her a friendly matchup. Otherwise, she's done. And I partially tongue-in-cheek, tw- tongue but also – sort of semi-seriously said she should go to crossover boxing or bare-knuckle boxing. Maybe not bare-knuckle. She seemingly spent a load of money getting her teeth done in Turkey, getting a nice white smile now. So probably BKFC is not going to be the one for her. But she started in boxing. That's, you know, the forte of her MMA game is her striking in her hands. Like, I know you love MMA. I know you love the UFC and all that, but you have a gaping hole in your game. And at what, like 30... Three, whatever age she is, she's not going to get any better. She's not going to improve. She's not going to come. She's not going to become a black belt in the next year. So maybe, maybe, maybe you, maybe, maybe get one more win. You know, or I don't know how many fights she's got left on her contract. Maybe a couple of fights to the UFC. Maybe fight those out in friendly matchups, and then go. You know what? All of these, all of these, uh, YouTube dickheads who want to get some. Uh, or you know, let's let's do some crossover boxing. She's a big name. She's a big draw. And she she loves boxing as well. She does uh, analysis and for DAZN from time to time on on UK boxing shows. So uh, it, it would make sense to me that she goes and does does a bit of that and gets gets squeezes a final payday out of this before she she moves on to the next phase of her career. Um, and that's that's it, man. That's that's, always, that's what she's been. She she was a fun fun fighter, knocking people out. It, it was it was all fun. We all got a little bit carried away with it, but she's always been limited. Always been a
1: limited fighter. Yeah, I guess. Timing, like I said before, timing's everything. She just timed those KOs with the paddy car, with UFC returning to London, all that sort of (laughs) hype just builds so quickly, you know, if you do it at the right time and she couldn't have timed it any better. And, yeah, maybe Um, she's probably not as good as the hype she was given. But, you know, we've seen turnarounds happen before. Who knows if she turns it around again, you know, going down a weight. But... Be interesting, but it was disappointing though, especially as the co-main.
0: Yeah, def- definitely, it was like oh, and you just felt the crowd just die. It was like oh no, I'm like, yeah. I mean, credit to Yulia Solierico, man, coming into enemy territory against the like the you know the golden girl of the division for the UFC, the cash cow. She didn't give a shit. She came in and you ripped that arm off, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. The ba- the the bantamweight title is vacant. Here's what we do. Send Yulia back to 135 pounds. We bring back Ronda Rousey, and we let the armbar specialists rip at each other's arms, and the winner gets to keep 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 the other's shoulder, and that's it. And then we we walk away. We close the 135 pound division.
1: <laughs> I like it. Sounds like a plan.
0: You know, a few weeks ago, you asked me what would you do to like you know build build the next wave of women's MMA. That would be it. The the uh, uh, that, that, that's my plan. Here's my here's my three point plan. One, bring Ronda Rousey back. Two, put her in with Yulia Stolyarenko. Three, close the 135 pound division once the
1: fight's over. <laughs> Done, solved. <laughs> I read something somewhere that Ronda Rousey wants to come. Oh, maybe it was an MMA, but she wants to fight, like actually fight again. I don't know where I read that though.
0: I it, it started to do the rumors like everywhere.
1: Um, oh so it's not actually her saying it
0: it's not uh, no i think i think he got i think he got um, pissed on it. as well yeah because it was like now amanda nunez is gone she could come back it's like that would be the most asterisk mickey mouse title ever like you waited for the chick who pounded you into retirement to leave and then you come back and you're like no i'm back i'm ready now i've made peace with it
1: i'll still be watching it
0: yeah, of course, of course. But it'd be you know, have a big asterisk next to it. It'd be like the Lakers bubble championship, just pure purely fraudulent.
1: <laughs> yeah, much harder to win than the rest of them. Ask LeBron <laughs> uh,
0: Man, I don't think I don't think there's a bigger compulsive liar in all of sports than LeBron James. It's incredible.
1: Uh, shit. Oh shit. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. LeBron does. It's. Have you seen the video of someone calling him out on the line, like on his show? Well, it's not really his show, but like his company uninterrupted or whatever. They have a show called no, The Le- Shop. Le- Le-
0: Le- yeah, LeBron thinks it's his show. Don't get it twisted. LeBron's like, no, no. This is. Are you gonna say? Is this the one with Marcus Rash-
1: Rashford, where he's like, "That's my favorite saying." Well. Nah, the, like I've seen that clip, but there's actually there's actually like one of the rappers just called him out, just being like, "What's with all that lying like that, So, <laughs> and he just like he kind of like just fobs it off a little bit, I think. But um, that show, like, even when LeBron, like whether LeBron's on or not, it's actually a good show. I don't know if you ever watched it, but it goes I've never right. watched
0: an episode start to finish. But you know, like if if a guest I'm interested in goes on, then yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. Watch like the summary clips and bits and pieces I've you know and, and obviously bits go highlight go go viral all the time like him telling Marcus Rashford that's my favorite saying <laughs> I've say that all the time <laughs> Oh right uh molly yeah that was that was rough uh, what else what else happened on this card i mean we got to talk about paulie craig holy cow man um talk about a crossroads in your career Coming off the back of a couple of tough losses at light heavyweight, despite having good wins at light heavyweight, you go down to 185 and you fight a guy who's considered to be the grappler, the guy, the jiu-jitsu specialist at 185 pounds. He's ranked and you go down and you put on a spectacular performance and you overcome a bit of a dirty trip by Muniz as well. I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity to watch this one yet because I know you've been busy with, with with moving and pretending to work and all of these things. But he just he just straight up headbutted Paul Craig in his guard. Like, just dived his head at him. It was so blatant. The ref took like stood them up, took away the position from your knees. I can't believe he didn't didn't lose a point for it. But it didn't matter. Paul Craig absolutely fired up the O2, lit a fire under its arse, got the atmosphere going, and it was it was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, he looks good. I did catch, I only caught the ending though. I didn't say that part. And how good does this guy look at this weight? And I mean sexually. He's <laughs> <laughs> a handsome man. He is. He is. He's a handsome dude.
0: The beard's looking good. He's looking shredded and chiseled. And Oofed. he needs to stay at this weight class now. He needs. Let's. And, and hold on a minute. Let's. Did he enter the rankings at middleweight? Has it been updated? It hasn't been updated yet. But Andre Muniz is ranked 14th. So Paul Craig surely going to be going to be 14th. And he's he's called out a few people. But he said he wants to fight Bo Nickel next, which could be really interesting. Basically, it would just be a pure, pure grappling contest there.
1: Does can he Bo want Nickel to fight passes? Israel? Because it could be needed. <laughs> he, if he would. Was, if he wants to would. come to would. Sydney, <laughs> September ten. <laughs> He's in. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I think the casuals yeah, are very I'm, much like seeing his face on a press conference at the way in and I know I would.
0: I can- casuals and say, yeah, you just mean you. So you, Volk's, Volk's not fighting on this card so you got another man's man's laundry basket to go rifling through. <laughs> Get a couple of extra
1: shout-outs from him and from uh, the the comfort of my own apartment. <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh, bloody hell. Uh, right. Yeah, so Paul Craig, very good performance and I really hope they do. They, he could headline UFC Glasgow, sell out the hydro up there so fast like that would be a a great card for for next july but he he needs to fight before then so you know get 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 him get him someone in that top in that 10 to 15 range um or even bow nickel and then and then next year get him get him a headliner at glasgow but i did hear dublin next year is going to be the 10 year anniversary of Conor mcgregor in in dublin or something like that or Conor mcgregor in the ufc it's like yeah they're probably going to go to dublin um, and i'm really leaning into that rather than um, rather than Scotland, but yeah, we shall see. Um, we won't go into full details because we've got a monster UFC 291 to preview and look ahead to. Yeah. A few Stats. other things I just want to call out. Um, uh, unfortunately for, for Aussie fight fans, Josh Kulabau was on the wrong side of a, a pretty lopsided beating from Lerone Murphy. And really, uh, that just shows how good Lerone Murphy is looking right now. He he needed this one. He needed a good performance. Talk about a man who's gone who's gone through the mill. Holy shit. This is a guy who was in a coma ten months before his last UFC fight in March. So about, about a, a year ago, he was in a coma from coming off a bike and caving his head in. He's been shot in the face three times. Um, like like this man, this man is hard to kill, he's hard to finish, he's undefeated, and he looked spectacular. He it was a really impressive performance, and and you know, listeners will know how impressed we are with Josh Kulabau and, and, and what we think he can do in the future. But this was a this was a really good leveler for him. Lerone Murphy should be a ranked featherweight, and it just showed Josh about what he needs to go away and work on, and um, you know where the level he needs to get to to become a top fifteen featherweight in one of the most competitive weight classes in the entire organization, if not the most competitive. So, yeah. Uh, Really impressed performance with him. His domestic rival, Nathaniel Wood, who he was slated to fight at the last UFC event before injury pulled Nathaniel Wood out of it. They're they're, they're starting to have a big rivalry. They're starting to talk shit to one another. Nathaniel Wood had an incredible fight, especially the first two rounds back and forth with Andre Feely. Feely comes out of that fight with a ton of respect. It was, a, it was a correct decision. It was a close decision. But Nathaniel Wood certainly won that fight. It was just, But it was a really fun back and forth fight, especially for the first two rounds. And yeah, both both Lerone Murphy and Nathaniel Wood are like one fight away from a very significant ranked fight in the featherweight division, which is insane to think that England could have two, uh, three top 15 ranked uh, fe- uh, featherweights with, of course, Arnold Allen flying the flag towards the top. Of the division, so really cool stuff. And Josh Coulabel will be back. And it wasn't so much of a bad beating. I don't think we'll see him in Sydney, um, but we we uh, Adam shaking his head there. He he, uh, he he knows the lineup's locked in now. Uh, Josh Kulabal's probably not part of it. We get it. We getting get some information out of Adam here. Um, but maybe you know, maybe next next year on the next card in Australia, we see Josh Coulabel. Uh, and I think he's just, his wife just had a baby or is about to have a baby. So you know, he'll be over this loss very soon. Uh, things will be put into perspective for him, and yeah, okay. Congrats to him and his his family, and uh, I'm sure he'll in, you know the next few months is just going to be focused purely on the uh, purely
1: on on being a dad. So
0: congratulations to him. Uh, oh,
1: the soft overall. spot comes out finally.
0: That's it,
1: man. The That's soft spot. It. He knows soft. now. He knows the feeling. That's it. I it, do it's, not. It's, it's, and Josh not good enough, mate. <laughs>
0: You'll be having words. Just start, start like tweeting shit at him from the main UFC Australia account. I'll, just really let him know how you feel.
1: Yeah, I'll no longer be sharing your content. Oh uh, <laughs> no, <Instagram. laughs> new phone, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, genuinely, one of the bit like well, we say it about all the Aussie fighters, but fucking ripper bloke, nice ass. Uh, he
0: seems like he seems like an absolute diamond of a bloke as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, always just smiling too. Bit like you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there, uh, there,
0: was, there was a lot of decisions on the on the prelims as well, which really sort of took 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 the atmosphere. Let's say, took, took the atmosphere out of it a little bit, um, Dave. And then, but but most of the decisions were fine. Davy Grant, I don't care what anyone says. Go and watch that fight back again. Davy Grant was fucking robbed. It was a disgrace of a decision. And you know me, I don't like to use the word robbery a lot. Most of the time, it's subject to interpretation. There is no way on the planet that you can watch that fight and say daniel marcos won two rounds you could even argue that david grant won all three but there's not a catch chance in hell that marcos won all three david grant's been robbed and i really hope the ufc recognizes that and doesn't doesn't completely penalize him for it now one more win after this, he probably would have been maybe look, you know, could have been looking at a ranked fight. Now he's not going to get that, but I hope I hope they give him a, a decent fight, an entertaining fight, because David Grant's done a lot for the company. He comes to bang every time. He's a fun guy. He was my underdog pick of the uh, of the night, uh, and, and my feelings about this are not due to the fact that I got hosed uh, on on Bet three six five by this decision, but certainly uh, it would have been nice to get to get the uh, the uh, uh, underdog points there. But anyway. <laughs> Yikes. Fight of the night, Johnny Parsons versus Danny Roberts. I know, Adam, you haven't had a chance to see that one yet. Go and see that one. Go and watch that one. That's an absolute banger. Everyone, if you haven't watched that one, go and tune in. Johnny Parsons making his UFC debut against the veteran Danny Roberts. Danny Roberts, man, we talk- I think we talked about this in the build-up. Hard as fuck, um, fun, violent, entertaining, questionable chin. And-, and all of that came to the fore in this fight. Uh, unfortunate for him to be uh, on the wrong side of that. Poor Mark Diakizi uh, got a headbutt leading to a submission but him and Joel Alvarez were putting on a really good fight and then I got a shout out Chris Duncan just put on a very very uh, impressive performance one sided beatdown of Yunal Ashmus he broke his left arm during the fight he had no idea his left arm was broken uh, so that worked out you know just just really good for him he made his UFC de- debut um, in March uh, on the on the undercard Yunal Ashmus also fought on that card they matched them up together and Chris Duncan came out on top. And I'm so happy for Chris Duncan because he fought really conservatively in his UFC debut because the win bonus was the difference between him becoming a full-time professional fighter and continue, having to continue to do personal training as well. So he's now got back-to-back wins. He's got one fight left on his initial UFC deal. He's probably going to be a bit in a position now to renegotiate already and get himself a little bit more cheddar. He's over there. He goes over to Florida to, to, to um, was it Killcliffe? um, is it, I think it's Killcliffe where Dustin Poirier trains. And you actually saw him if you've watched the, the UFC countdown. Uh, the guy that does Dustin Poirier is grappling with in the gym as part of his final preparations. That's uh that's Chris Duncan. So you know he's getting high quality working over there in Florida. And he just gets better and better and better. He's a great guy. He's a fun fighter. He hits like a truck. Uh great things for Chris Duncan. And the last thing I want to say maybe comeback of the year, the opening fight. Go back and watch the, the very first fight, Jafar. Jafel Filio against Daniel Perez, comeback of the year. Like, wow, incredible shit from Filio uh, to 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 come back and get that submission victory. So, um, yeah, just a just a really um, mixed back mixed bag. Some really good stuff on there. Some stuff you wouldn't worth wouldn't wouldn't bother watching, uh, but some really good stuff on that card as well. So overall, you know, an okay night for for UK MMA. But now, let's stop looking backwards and let's look ahead to an app absolute monster UFC pay-per-view they've done it again we just had UFC 290 which is one of the best cards in in recent memory certainly over the past few years and now we get 291 which okay there isn't a true world title on the line and yeah you might say the BMF is just a bit of a trinket to make sales I don't care man it's fun and if two guys were ever worthy of fighting for the BMF belt it's these two Poirier versus Gaethje, two five years on from their fight of the year in 2018, we run it back in what is sure to be a number one title contender eliminator fight. Adam, take it away. How how um, how swelled up are you for this fight and for the card as a whole?
1: We we at um, at work because I work at the UFC. Um. Oh, you sh- you should have mentioned that. You sh- you should have mentioned that. I, I'm sure. The
0: audience would have loved to know that. I, I don't know why you keep these things to yourself.
1: Uh, so, obviously, we're doing a lot of, like, we just do prep. Uh, every pay-per-view is a big week uh, for us. But this week, it's a bit different because we're announcing ticket on sale. It's, like, a pretty big week for UFC 293, the Sydney event. So, like, we haven't been giving it in attention that we'd normally give it from our end. And, like, I'm kind of sad about it because that's how exciting this card is. Like, it's fun doing all the Sydney stuff, but... Like, uh, on Monday, I was uh, posting a whole heap of free fights from Dustin, from Justin, from Pereira, from Jan Blahovic, And, like, Poirier and Gaethje have literally just been, like, every free fight that I was watching, like, posting, was just, like, the best fight I've ever watched. <laughs> like, Dude. They're fucking they're exas- insane. Like, Gaethje Chandler obviously is, like, a recent one. But, like, Gaethje Poirier one was Insane. Poirier Chandler was also insane. Poirier Hooker is insane. Gechi in and everyone is insane. Like just yeah. the best fights you've ever seen. Usually like the free fights like every now and then I've got to put them up and they're quite kind of boring to watch. Just like recycling stuff because we need to. But these are just like, oh my god, I could watch these all day in full. Just yeah.
0: It's mad. It's mad. Just just so you get a little flavour of what Justin Gaethje is about. Well, everyone knows Dustin Poirier, and I think Dustin Poirier has got a bigger profile because of his fights with Conor McGregor. But let me just run you through, regardless of win or draw. Let me let me uh, let me tickle tickle you here, Justin Gaethje. This is since he started in the UFC from his uh, from his debut against Michael Johnson. First fight, performance of the night, fight of the night. Next fight, fight of the night. Next fight, fight of the night. Next fight, performance of the night. Next fight, fight of the night. Next fight, performance of the night. Next fight, performance of the night, fight of the night. Then he fought Kabib for the title and lost. Then he fought Michael Chandler, fight of the night. Then he fought Oliveira and lost. And then he had fight of the night with Rafael Fiziev in in London back in March. And I think so. At least one fight of the year
1: in that as well. Yeah,
0: fight of the year was Michael with Michael Chandler. So the only two fights in which he did not get a performance bonus for, where the fight tonight night performance of the fight was because he was fighting for the title against Khabib and Charles Oliveira and, and and lost those fights. Every other fight, he's, he's earned at least 50 grand in. 100, 50, 200, 250, 3, 350, 450, 5. He's made $550,000 just in post-fight bonuses.
1: I think he had the record for... Like post-fight bonuses before the fight of the year with Chandler.
0: I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking mental. And you, you know what the mad? You know what the mad thing is? Like, we always talk about exciting fighters, and every now and again they 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 burn out. They're a bit of a damp squib. Justin Gaethje is as a sure thing in terms of being in an exciting fight as there is in MMA. The hype that the Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje fight got for it to then exceed all those expectations and the same with the Fazeev fight, like, is absolutely mad. The man is a dead set, utter lunatic.
1: Yeah, to and his detriment it, sometimes too. Like, yeah,
0: of course to his detriment. Like but He, he, he this, nearly this is, is, sometimes this is
1: loses it. a fight for the fans because <laughs> he, he's yeah, like, he's fuck like, like, this, <laughs> I don't want to have one boring 10-second part of this fight, so I'm just going to start swinging again when I could probably rest. And and then he gets clipped or something like that. It's just crazy. Like the first fight with Dustin Poirier, he probably should have won that. And he gets clipped at the end because he just keeps swinging for the fences. And Dustin ends up winning, ends up getting him, but fuck me. Like he he was kind of winning that fight, which is mental.
0: He was. Oh, Oh, and by the way, Dustin Poirier himself has got 10 post-fight bonuses. So 10 21 combined post-fight bonuses between these two guys, which is guaranteed, guaranteed to have at least two added to it in terms of fight of the night. So...
1: BMS oh, stands and- for bonus motherfuckers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's absurd. What an incredible fight. I can't believe... After all this time, we get to see the second iteration of this fight. And can you imagine if Gaethje wins? Like You've always got a trilogy in your back pocket for down the line. Now, I don't think a trilogy will ever happen because you do get the vibes that Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier, to be honest, are are, are both ready to walk away from the sport. Dustin Poirier said on Countdown, he said, I don't need the money anymore. Me and my family are set. The Conor McGregor fights, the hot sauce, all his businesses, he's fine. Justin Gaethje is probably one or two big fights away from from being set for life as well. Um, you know he hasn't had that Conor McGregor cheddar yet, but he's you know he's he's certainly doing doing well if especially if he's managing his money correctly. And so Justin Gaethje said he, he's putting together one more run at the title. So a loss to Poirier here puts that to bed. He's he's done in terms of title aspirations. So you wonder what's left for him. A loss for Poirier on the other hand, you go. He said he only wants to get out of bed for for big big fights. And really. You know, the only big fight left for Poirier at this point after this, and you know, other than a title run, is one more fight with Conor McGregor if he ever fucking comes back and does it. Because there's at least an argument to say, well, it's 1-1 because of the broken leg and, and a fourth one would sell. It it simply would sell. So I don't think there's too many big fights, too many fights left for either of these gentlemen. And I think we really, this weekend, need to appreciate what we're getting from these two
1: absolute bloody savages.
0: Oh, Mate, I am so, so fired up for this
1: one. If you couldn't tell. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know if there's another f- non title fight that I could let headline uh, a pay per view and, and be satisfied. You know, like I think, I can't, like, off the top of my head, this is the fight. Like yeah, I mean of the obvious.
0: The obvious one is you know Conor McGregor slots in there. He would be a main event probably. Yeah, he's the asterisk to everything. He's the asterisk to everything. But, in, but, he's the to everything. but it, like in you know, if he comes back, when he comes back, all that kind of stuff. I don't know, man. It's um, we get the. I'm getting the feeling. I'm getting the feeling. By the way, he's going to completely jump the six month requirement for USADA. He's going to do two negative tests in like a month and they be "Yep, he's clear. He's good to go. He's going to get the Brock Lesnar treatment, 100." percent because Dana doesn't seem stressed about him being in the testing pool at all. And he's got his eye on that th- on the uh, UFC 300. And there's no way that Conor McGregor is not the main event for UFC 300.
1: There's no way. Wonder, if, if he does fight. wonder if Mark Hunt will come back and fight him. <laughs> Mark Hunt
0: loves fighting blokes on steroids. <laughs> doesn't get upset about it at all. He's not bitter.
1: <laughs> I tell you what, if I had to fight Brock Lesnar and then I found out he was on all, all the roids too. I was like, this is fucked.
0: <laughs> like, Markon, I love you, but also, you know, how stupid you have to be to get in a cage of Brock Lesnar and not think he's on steroids. Just look at him. Just look at him, you fuckwit. Anyway, um, co-main event, man. And all of a sudden, this one has got so much more significance even than when they booked it because now the light heavyweight title is up for grabs and you would have to say that the winner almost certainly will fight Yuri Prahadka for the vacant belt. Now that Jamal Hill's unfortunately torn his Achilles and you know very uh, graciously uh, and you know as, as should be done, but not easy to not easy to do, I'm sure, vacated the belt uh, uh, to to let the division to continue to move on. And yeah, all so of a let's, sudden, um,
1: ankle- let's. I need to clear this in my head. So there's no, there's a vacant belt. So you've got Jamal yes. Hill had the belt's gone, and then are these guys one and two? Who am I missing in my you think Ankalayev is number two? Ah, oh, of course. Yeah. You, you,
0: uh, so Jan is three, and uh, Pereira is not ranked. Um, oh
1: yeah, duh, but but but, but yeah. give
0: but, uh, he's ranked. Obviously, he's ranked number two at middleweight. But you would you would. Um, so why yeah. is this not just for the belt then? Why haven't they just because. Because Yuri's coming back sooner rather uh, yeah, than later, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he he deserves deserves cracking it because because he vacated it as well, and I think he was
1: promised when's Yuri coming shot. back roughly? Do we know? I think by the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. Well, they could fight for this, and then Yuri gets the guaranteed.
0: They, they they could they could, um, but what you can't guarantee what you I suppose you can't guarantee is that the winner of this is then healthy and able to fight before the end of the year. The winner, you know. Who, who, the way these two absolute monsters hit—legendary Polish power versus Poetan power—like the, the, the winner could win, but then be suspended with six months for with a broken orbital and yeah, you know, or, yeah, you're or right. bro, broken broken wrist or something. So I, I'm guessing so we're
1: probably that's why the, Uncle and Yuri will fight for the title most likely.
0: If if if, if what if these guys, the winner of this fight can't back it up, I think. Um, yeah, I think I, I think the loser of this probably fights Ankelaya for the for the next number one contender spot. Is, is pro is how I see this going. But you know, let's let's wait and see. And it would be great. It would be awesome to see this on the uh, co-main event of Madison Square Garden in in November. We know John Jones heavyweight title. Let's get the light heavyweight in the co-main as well. That that would be fun. Who are you picking? Jan, Bl- Jan Blahovic. I really like Ale- I really like Alex Pereira and his personality comes out more and more. And I love Glover to share as well. And they have just such a lovely bromance going on. But Jan's more well-rounded and Pereira's power is obviously going to translate, but Jan's a fucking monster as well. And yeah, he doesn't have the kickboxing pedigree, but he kicks and hits like an absolute truck. And Pereira Pereira's not difficult to take down. Blahovich has got some submissions on his resume. Uh, yeah, so I, I think he wins this fight.
1: Do you think he might be slightly more difficult to take down at this weight?
0: Oh, he'll definitely be stronger. But look how easily Yan took down Izzy, for example. Um, yeah. Just just by just by being so much bigger. And Izzy has had tremendous takedown defense through his middleweight career, but the size was just too much. But um, I think that you know, I think Yan's got sufficient enough takedown technique to be able to to be able to get Pereira to the ground. And if he does,
1: Pereira will be in trouble down there. It'll be. A- Interesting look for Izzy, won't it? If Pereira wins this one,
0: and as he said, that's the, the 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 he will consider a trilogy in MMA. If Pereira gets the belt, he would go up and fight him one more time for the belt at two hundred five. So there's all all kinds of shit going on in the mix here. Like it feel, feels like we say it all the time, but what a time to be a UFC fan!
1: They just keep delivering banger crazy. after banger, man. And we didn't do predictions on Gaetan Poirier, did we?
0: Oh no, we didn't. Because I actually don't uh, know picking, who I'm picking. I I I I'm picking Poirier, um only because he's just he just has that edge in fight IQ. Like we said, Justin can just be, be too much of a liability for his own good. But I, I would not be shocked whichever way that one goes.
1: Yeah, me either. I think I think I want gaiti to win. I just I like them both, and I think I just for some reason like Gaethje a little bit more. <laughs>
0: I really, I really like both of them, uh, but yeah, I, I do like Gaethje a bit more as well. I think he's just a, I think he's just a sweet, he's just a wicked dude. Uh, no, no slight against Dustin either. He seems like a, a really good dude as well. So, he said it's it's splitting hairs both in ham, which like, I like them both. i be, I just, I, I just know I'm gonna get a great fight. Justin just, and Dustin. Justin and Dustin, baby. Justin Poirier and Dustin Gaethje. <laughs> <laughs> Just mix them up. They're the same. Make them the, the same person, um, mate. We can't go through every fight on this card because there's so many. Yeah. But you know the feature bout between Stephen Thompson and Michelle Pereira is just a striker's wet dream. That's going to be ridiculous. Um, I'm sad for Tony Ferguson, man. He's fighting Bobby Green, and uh, is this it? Win or lose? I, it has to be. It has to be. Um, they might want to get five fight losing streak. Uh, something like that. it's yeah, bad. It is, I'm pretty it's, sure. It's 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 bad. Let's let's pull and it up. And they've they've all been bad as well. Like
1: this will probably be a pretty good fight, actually.
0: He got murked murked by Justin Gaethje, lost to Charles, lost to Benio got killed by Michael Chandler, and then he looked awful. And it was up at 170, but it looked awful against uh against Nate Diaz. Um, God, remember how bad that, remember how bad that fight was. How did that happen? And, Bob- and Bobby Green's not like elite, elite, but he's got real fast hands and his one, two ridiculous. And I feel bad for Tony Ferguson. And I think the UFC might need an ambulance on standby. I know they do, but like they need an extra, they need a dedicated Tony Ferguson ambulance on standby for this one. And maybe they should start making arrangements, like get, Get, start, start digging out his uh, his his burial plot as well, because this
1: one isn't going to go well for Tony. Wow, you think Bobby can put him away that 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 much that easy? I
0: think Bobby, I think Bobby beats the piss out of him. I just think to- I think Tony's so far over the hill that yeah, Bobby's fast man. Despite his age and years, Bobby is still really wicked fast, and Tony's not fast anymore. Tony's lost all of his speed, all of his pop on his punches. I hope, I'm, I, I hope I'm wrong and I hope we get a good fight. But for Tony's sake, Tony's family's sake, all that, you know, all those usual caveats. But I don't see it, man. I reckon that it's the end of the road for Tony Ferguson. You can't lose six in a row, albeit to, you know, relatively top guys and, and, and continue to fight in the UFC like this. What is he? He's not Sam Alvey
1: for crying out loud. What about the uh, first fight of the main card, Kiesa first Kevin Holland? That's a fun one.
0: That's a great one, man. Kevin Holland's sneaky, underrated, underrated jiu-jitsu game, um, which means if he goes to the mat, I think he'll be okay. But Kies is a very, very good grappler. Kevin Holland's a superior striker,
1: so I'm picking Holland to win this fight. But you know, is it this wouldn't Holland's shock third me. Third fight this year already. Holland's a fucking lunatic. If it's not, I reckon he literally fought late December last year and then backed up. No. Uh, wait, wait, wait. No,
0: it's only it'll be a second fight this year because he fought, he fought. But he fought four times in 2022, March, June, September. And it was, it was the fight with Wonderboy. Wow, that was December. Yeah. But then he
1: came back. So that's that no, was the he, very end of the year. So it's the yeah, third fight basically looked, seven months.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he'll squeeze one more in as well. Like, no no doubt. He'll probably do four fights in a 12-month period. He looked as good as ever against Santiago Ponzinibbio, um after that war with Steven Thompson. And, yeah, Kevin Holland is just – he is as game as they call, man. Just – he'll fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. So – yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Derek Lewis is buried on the prelims, which oh, is yeah, insane. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> you're like, oh, Derek Lewis, I remember him. What's up? I think he's gonna I think he's gonna kill um uh he's gonna kill
1: Marcus Rogerio bow, de Lima. Step brothers, no, not there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um mate, there's a bit of Aussie interest on this card as well. Jake Matthews, the Celtic warrior. Are you are you putting out any content with him ahead of this one, or is he, he's already in the US? I'm I'm sure, but anything anything uh, a any little uh, tidbit you can give us?
1: Yeah, there'll be a little bit probably come out. Uh, they the global team will help us out. So they usually on the media day, which will be tomorrow or the day after, we we'll give them a few instructions. They'll grab some stuff for, for us, them. and yeah, hopefully. But you know, I think this, he just really wants a win. Game face on for him, not a whole lot of fun. He just wants to get back on the winnings. He needs,
0: yeah. He, need, he needs a win because he put together that nice three-fight winning streak, uh, dropped to Sean Brady, which is no shame. We know how good Sean Brady is. And then he looked as good as ever, murked Andre Fialo, and then got absolutely pieced up by Matthew Semelsberger, who's also fighting on this on this card against uh, Medic. Um But Semelsberger, man, like... Got a win over Jake Matthews, bookended either side with with losses to okay Alex Morono, very good fighter, but the loss to Jeremiah Wells, pretty uh pretty interesting one to 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 drop that to drop that fight there. So um yeah, big big moment for Jake Matthews um on ABC as well, opening the the prelim card on ABC in America, a big audience. I think Darius Flowers is making his UFC debut because it's been a there's been a, a change of opponent. Uh, he was supposed to fight Miguel Baeza. Um, so I don't know much about Darius Flowers. Um, I don't know anything about Darius Flowers to be honest, but really hope Jake Matthews can get it done. And yeah, and there's there's a few a few uh, okay knocks on on the early prelims as well. But overall, man, the main card. If you're putting your hand in your pocket and you're buying a pay per view for this card, wow. I mean, it's it's name after name, great fight after great fight, and even Tony Ferguson in his long in the tooth, washed up point of his career he still offers name value on the card and he's a fan favorite he'll get a huge pop the atmosphere will be hot like yeah. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great fight and 100%. the one thing the one thing that i'm super interested in seeing how it affects this one is 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 it's at salt lake city uh which is extreme elevation higher than um it's like probably one of the highest uh, altitude venues that the ufc goes to this is where leon uh fought Kamaru uh, a year ago and won the title with the, with the last minute head kick but until then he talked about how sapping the altitude was and i'm just wondering uh you know for for some of these fighters especially Poirier versus Gaethje now like gaethje trains at colorado which is at altitude as well but for dustin poirier who's down in louisiana and florida who's not at altitude at all will will this have an impact on his cardio that's a, that's a bit of an X factor to consider in this fight so yeah just just uh yeah, consider that if you're going to be gambling, betting on these fights, the uh, the cardio of some fighters, if they're if it's questionable, it's going to be uh, it's going to be exacerbated. So really looking forward to seeing how all all of this plays out. Just a superb card, superb card.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. You can just tell, you know, the BMF belt. Although it can be a bit of a gimmick, it also just brings fun. You know, it doesn't bring that do yeah. or die like the title fight. You know, it's. It's, it's, it's life fun, ending man. And it's life changing uh, If you're on Depends what Side you're on It could be career ending So with the BMF but Like if you lose it You're not going to be that You know annoyed But winning it yeah. It's fucking sick And yeah, it just It's yeah. fun
0: And I, 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 I Hopefully Jorge Masvidal is there To hand it over as well
1: Yeah I, I've, I've, I heard Dana talking about that A couple of weeks ago yeah. Didn't he So hopefully Hopefully that's what happens That would be great That would be great Alright mate How you feeling Shall we wrap this one Feel, up?
0: Feeling good, man. Let's wrap it up. Uh, I got some got some uh, day job stuff to do. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Tell the people what they need to know.
1: You guys can find us. First of all, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Numbers have been really good. Appreciate you all. Uh, you can find us at Punchdrunk Pod on Insta, Punchdrunk Pod on Twitter, oh Punchdrunk Pod underscore on Twitter, Punchdrunk Pod on TikTok, Punchdrunk Pod on YouTube. Like, subscribe, watch, masturbate, etc. Comment. Uh, punchdrunkpod at gmail.com podcast on Spotify on Apple on Google, on everywhere you get your pods, give us five star ratings Um, and as always if you don't want to give us five stars don't give us a rating at all other than that, you can probably give Lewis a follow, Lewis Glover MMA on Twitter, Lewis Glover MMA on Instagram Um, severe lack of dad content but you know that's just him protecting his beautiful child i think from me <laughs> 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 and that's about all i've got for you mate good to see you though
0: yeah you too and remember as tickets go on sale for ufc 293 this week just just slide into adam's dms and he'd be happy to help you with each one of your very uh, specific Queries about where to get them. Can you get me a ticket? Can I have a ticket? All that good stuff. Adam's your go-to man. So he's a uh, ads Tracy on Twitter, and uh, I think it's, what is it, Adam Tracy on uh,
1: on Instagram. No, don't have Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you can message the UFC Australia um, DMs, and no one will see them. But feel free to do that. And. Uh, <laughs> And give them a follow too We just hit 1 million All all off the back of my hard work Over the last 10 years And We're about to hit a million on TikTok Winning Hell
0: yeah Are there going to be Are there any ticket giveaways To 293 That you're aware of Coming
1: up in the Not that I'm aware of From At this point in time No tickets will be given away Because It's the hottest ticket in town You know The ones that are given away Is to like People that are sponsors And whatnot. Like So technically They're paying for them But yeah, at this stage, it's like my boss can't give give some people tickets that he'd usually give tickets because it's just like everyone wants one. Um, but hey, if I get my hands on some free ones, this is where you come. <laughs> Who right. knows? We might have uh, Strickland and I don't know some no name are fight on the as the main event. So if that happens, there might be a few free ones floating around. But I think we'll be get- to. Don't jinx it, don't jinx it. Simon, peace.